Pressing the button, Mrs. Ryan. Welcome back. Welcome back. I can understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. I'm extra excited, forgive me, with my woohoo! I love situated it. Over here. Hi, Mrs. Ryan, how you doing? Hi. Welcome back and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back, everybody else and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we should, all right, well, first of all, I'm not in my A game, <laughs> but I am back and I'm feeling much better. Um, hi, welcome back, everybody. Today is Thursday, July 18th, 2019. My name is Jay Ryan. This is Nicole Ryan. We are the Ryans, and this is It's Tonight's Show. Our guest this evening is Mr. Kevin Lynch. Uh, if you're watching this because you're a Porsche fan, you already know who he is. If you're watching this because you are on Instagram, you already know who he is. Um, I'm going to say, for the purposes of our stuff, founder of the Wolfpack 901. He's much more multifaceted than that. We're going to hear more about that when he gets in here. For now, Mrs. Ryan, <laughs> we should play a little catch-up with everybody else. <laughs> Great. Uh, how are you feeling? You look lovely. Look at that. You get some color. Thanks. We got a little uh, little tan, I think, a little bit. I got a little color. Yeah. The heat knocked me out last week, but then uh, recouping this week. Well, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. You look really good. Thanks. What, what's been happening, though? We haven't seen anybody in a long time. We took two... two <laughs> <laughs> well, let's back it up, all right? When we saw you last, we threw to Breakfast Club and a bunch of weekend activities and said, we'll see you next week. Here it is, the end of next week. We're finally back. Um, Breakfast Club was wonderful. Great crowd. Karina uh, Roberts took photos. Those were all spectacular. Uh, Saturday. Oh, wait, hang on. we got some photos to go with this. Some of the photos. Saturday, we were over, went to Auto Kennel for their big, lazy Auto Kennel gathering. We have photos and a video for that, but we're going to get to it later since we're backlogged this week. And then after that, we went over to the Benton Barbecue, which was just as good, maybe even better. Saw many more faces. Had a real good time. A lot of cool cars. It was cars. great to see everyone. Yeah, I drove that to Oh, I love RS. that car. I know. I know. RS. What year is it's that? A clone. It's, a cl- it's a 73 RS clone built on a 70 uh, E. No, T. No, E. I think E. Eh, whatever. I don't know. Beautiful car. Um, anyway, but those events were spectacular. We had a great time despite the heat. Um, we really stretched you out because we intended to be like maybe an hour at each one, sort of our usual thing. And we stayed at each one for quite a while and did quite a bit of socializing. I was very impressed with you. Thanks. Do, do you, how did you feel after all of that stuff? Because you pushed yourself a little bit. I felt great. I've been feeling a little stronger, and we've I've noticed been around a lot of people with great energy, a lot of and positive a lot energy. of kindness, and so that helps me immensely because it takes the worry. I realize it takes the worry off my brain a little bit, which gives me a little bit more energy when for I the, can just for life, yeah, and yeah, just be. So it's super fun when we do stuff like that. Um, and then after that. Um, Oh, no, well, we still did Malibu and muffins on Sunday. We had even more fun there. Yeah, we packed <laughs> Malibu Kitchen by all accident. Sudden, yeah, all of a sudden uh, there was a goofed cult uh, run with uh, Adam Conley and Platinum Palomino and uh, what's his name, Mark, and everybody. But big group came by. Um, and, yeah, we did. We, that place ended up packed to the point where we took off. But, but 
all of that wonderful goodness <laughs> somewhere in there, all of that wonderful <laughs> festivities. I ate something or did something that did not agree with my mouth. And I ended up having a, a wisdom tooth get uh, painful and have to be yanked out. So, Yeah. It makes me, I think it so just makes me did. nauseous I thinking had, about it. I was going to put the pictures in and then nope. I just decided. <laughs> I was going to tell people they could look away if they wanted to or not. We have a photo of the thing. Whatever. Um, so that's why we haven't been here. We had two wonderful guests scheduled for Tuesday and Wednesday. Those have both been rescheduled or one has and the other one's working on it. Whatever. Yeah. That's being handled. Um, so they will be back soon. Um, and I think that's all of the catch-up stuff I had to do. But so- sorry about the sorry about that. It couldn't be helped. The day that um, – I feel like I lost a day. I feel like I lost I a imagined, day completely. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't figure out what it is because I was thinking, oh, my tooth was yanked yesterday. But that's not true. It was the day before. And then it's already Thursday. It feels like Wednesday. Are you screwed up too or is it just me because of the stuff? A little, but I can see more clearly why you're off. The day between the weekend and the show we were supposed to do is the day I lost, I think, because I was just, I, I was almost in, in bed in tears, just trying to make everything go away. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So thank you to Toluca Lake Dentistry and Dr. Lai specifically. Um, we, this is not a paid promotion or anything, but they did get us right in and take care of us and make me not so hurty. Had time to go to it's the dentist. It's tooth hurty. Hey. Uh, hello. All right. All right. That's it, Mrs. Ryan. Uh, some East Coast feeds, and then and then on with the show, if that's Okey all right. Doke, yeah. It's been a long time, so we've got some stuff to check in with here. I believe with Brooke and the Kazman, when we last saw them, I believe there was a story about the phone, and I think that's what we have here today. Roll it out. Hi, Jay Nicole. Steve died, so it's me now. <laughs> okay, can you get it off of me now? Brooke and the Kazman. <laughs> Apparently, someone wanted to tell you a story while we're at day night in the Milford on Bank Street. Again. Yes, historic Bank Street, Mr. Ryan. Go ahead, Brooke. Tell them about your phone. I'm not doing stories. This is so trying. You see what happens, Mr. Ryan, when we use our phones for these things? Anyway. How's that picture? Crystal clear, huh? Jeez. Shoot me now. Anyway, so we're in Jersey at Ray's house on the shore. And what happens? She hands me my hat with like the phone in it and I didn't know that we were getting on a boat and I dropped the fucking thing in the goddamn ocean. So it was a nice little car. Look at that. So I dropped the phone in the ocean. Unfortunately, the iPhone was toast at that point. Well, it's still on the bottom of the ocean. It was. It's still the bottom of the ocean and I did actually jump in after it and it and it didn't it didn't help. It was no good. So she was going to tell you that story but, you know, she's a little camera shy. Anyway, we love you guys. Brooke, anything else to add? We're in New Milford in Zaragoza. There's an actor here, Chris Maloney. Anyway, unbeknownst, it doesn't have to do with the story. We're trying to tell about her phone that I dropped in the ocean. Brooke. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was an awesome story. I'm glad. Okay, Dropbox next time. Love you guys. <laughs> Not only are we cracking up, you can't see Kevin Lynch off screen is cracking up quite a bit too. Whoops, a daisy, more to come. Oh my goodness, the whole system's crumbling down. Oh man. I don't know where to start, but I think you were laughing over the fact that Chris Maloney was at the restaurant with them at the same oh, time. Oh, what? <laughs> I Maloney, love yeah. that guy. I know. He's so I told hot. You he was a local area. Re- <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> 
you know him from Law and Order, but I think uh, most people Oz, Oz, right? Yeah, Oz. Yeah. HBO's Oz. Oh my gosh! Well, that was totally worth it. Um, not that you're asking for opinions or judges on this, but I'm going to have to say, not your fault. If somebody hands you a phone, uh, a hat, if, hey babe, can you hand me my hat? And you do that, it With happens to have in, your yeah. phone in it and you, whatever else. I mean, it's kind of like I'm really grateful the car keys weren't in that hat. I, yeah. <laughs> I have to go with you, but Brooke, I have to give you huge props for being awesome because I don't know how I would have handled it. (laughs) Good stuff. All right. um, I think it's both of them again. Let's see where they are a couple days later. Roll it out. This is Mrs. Ryan, the East Coast Speed, coming to you live from Coney Island because me and Brooke and Big Kenny and Pete and Jen are about to head to the Cyclones game. And Brooke, for the first time ever, Went on the cyclone. Brooke, how was that cyclone? She was so excited. She doesn't like roller coasters. Bit of love. Kenny didn't want to come on because last time Kenny got a little ill. So that's it. Say some random love from Brooklyn. Watch, we're going to get to the historic. There it is. Boom, parachute jump. Like that? Bang. I mean, I got to give him credit. He knows me well. I do like the historic stuff. So when I think of Coney Island, I think of, you know, the old steeplechase, which is not there, and the old parachute drop, which rig is still there so so he goes to all your he knows his audience yeah that's for sure good job Cass. oh man all right one more from coney island roll it hell part two of the brooklyn experience we are at the art wall exhibit for everything around us there's different art walls throughout brooklyn it's kind of cool it's got some pretty neat stuff kicking around they even have a bar in here which is kind of cool as you can see this is outside right by the beach pretty neat either way uh yeah see it right Brooke already ran ahead because she's trying to get to one of the other art walls back there. Yeah. We'll get to her. Love you guys. Whoops, it is. Got a little confused. Too many buttons here. We need a Chad. We need Chad to be in during the show. Stop just interning, setting everything up. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Ryan, I think I'm all caught up. Yeah. It's time to ask the question. It's on everyone's mind. <laughs> punchy and, I, and and i'm on medication by the way not painkillers but i am on all the that other stuff so yeah i, yeah, I feel <laughs> yeah, it's definitely well, also i haven't been around people for a few days so it's a little weird <laughs> yeah i'm not the only one that's holistic in my efforts it's time to ask the question that's on everyone's mind What's going on, Mrs. Ryan? Cow cuddling is the newest craze to oh, ease anxiety. Yeah. That's it. Get yourself a therapy cow. <laughs> That's awesome. Everyone's figuring out how to do whatever they need to do. Yeah, I'm all I'm on so board. If, I'm if on hugging board. a cow makes you feel better, I say you do it, buddy. I mean, Go. as long as a cow is in agreement. <laughs> There's a farm about 40 miles south of where I'm from that's really making this a thing. Like they've got oh. two that they kind of rent out for hours at a time to be like, just get with nature. They they move slow and they've got higher heart rates and they're warmer, lower heart rates and they're warmer. So it apparently helps. Yeah, soothing. Yeah. How about milk a cow, maybe? Maybe. Some what do of you them do? Do you just hug it? Some, it depends on the temperament of the animal and the person that's going. That's probably going. good advice. <laughs> so I think they, uh, case by case, but there's options. So good. Uh, so good. 
this made my heart happy, not because I want to use them, but because of the message of diversity that they're kind of uh, Apple is making part of their plan for the fall emoji launch. And they're going to include disability icons. Oh, that's cool. They're, uh, I mean, is it cool? I don't know. Is it cool? It's cool. It's nice to have something. Why wouldn't they? I mean, I think it's unfair to not have them. So, sure. I agree. And they're, they've got five that are for like visual and hearing input, like a, a guide dog and a. It's funny because I'm one of those people who I don't really care for the race, the race selection. Like all my Me stuff's either. yellow yeah. because a smiley face is yellow and that's what all of these things are based on. Yeah. <laughs> not because I'm Asian and I'm racist <laughs> and making some statement or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's not, there's not a thing about it. So every time somebody like specifically picks the white hand or whatever, I silently judge them because I'm like, you chose to do that. that was you a, chose to do that. It's like a three-step process. You chose to process. let people who didn't know you were white know you were white. And it's weird to me. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. The we the uh, diversity ones for handicaps are like bionic arms and shit. So. That's nice. Well, just a wheelchair in general. Anything. A crutches. Anything like that stuff. By I'll all means. It. I would like However to see a cane you need to use it. if there isn't one already. Oh, yeah. I'll make a Mrs. Ryan cane emoji. <laughs> hey, speaking of Mrs. Ryan, or unless this is in your news, can we talk about some news that I saw that you changed your Instagram yes, handle? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. It's not my news, but I changed my Instagram handle. Mrs. Ryan 111. Yeah, that's nice. Getting on brand, like, I'll tell you that. On brand, synergy, I like it, and it makes more sense. <laughs> Trying to funnel down the complications. I love it. Yeah. It's awesome. All right, thanks for that. No more complications. Um, Paul McCartney is writing the musical to It's a Wonderful Life. Wow. Right? Can't think of anyone better to do it, but I wonder what it's going to be. I don't Is know. Is this for stage, for film? For stage. Wow, that's cool. So, uh, there two he's things. A good person too, on top of being yeah. a Beatle and a talented person, and all the other stuff. Like I, I really believe he's uh, philanthropically. I think he's a really good person. I think so too. I can't imagine a better person could be to very bring wrong back. About it. I don't know Sir Paul McCartney very well, but from what I understand, good messages he gives out. Yeah, that's what I like. Yeah. So and I'm Ringo excited about the peace about... and love element. I mean, that whole peace and love thing is it's hard to fight that, that's him? especially yeah. these days. Yeah, you're right. That's him. So it's a wonderful life. Um, he's making a musical about it on stage 2020, I think. So next year. It's um, one of those movies that I, as I started to grow up, I started to not watch every year because you know when you, it's like it's on every year and you watch it every year and it's sort of a thing, and 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 you kind of grow up and it becomes less important. Maybe it's something you used to do with your family or whatever. I find as an adult, oh my gosh, it's almost like kind of like the people who go to church every year. Like, oh, it's a nice reminder of. It's a really good movie. I mean, all those Frank Capra movies are good. I just but... watched it last year for the first time in a long time, and I feel similar. Yeah, okay, good. It's it such a good a movie. Staple. It's almost like a re-upper of, hey, be a good person. Hey, keep your head on straight. Hey, don't get caught up in the bullshit. Hey, you know. You're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. I like the message of, like, well, yeah. going to be okay. Um, lastly. Oh, boy. Uh, Pre-ding. This made me laugh so hard. Steph Curry, I think, is my favorite person outside of you. The and guy I don't know but worked with, he's really famous basketball. Yeah. And we had Steph Curtis, who I kept saying Steph Curry, and that's not right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. He's got the brother. We were, I worked with both of them. Yeah. yeah. You, the therapy ad or whatever. Yeah. Um, he, he just is the most, I don't know, but he comes across as one of the most supportive husbands I've ever seen. Oh, I know what you're going to talk about. His wife opened her fourth restaurant. um, And it's like Aisha, I think, is her name. So sorry for mispronouncing that. But kudos on the fourth restaurant. It's in uh, Del Mar, California. It's nearby-ish. 
But she was like dancing and he went after the trolls that went after her and was like, open your restaurant, man. Dance away. And we may have skipped it over. Skipped over it. Um, the gist of it was he posted a video of his wife dancing, and then the internet trolls jumped in and making fun of her and the whole bit. And then he came to her defense against the internet trolls. Is that about it? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know he posted the initial video. Oh, I don't know either. Oh, uh, well, I just saw his clapback at like supporting his wife, just being like, "Dance however you want, yeah. babe. It's yeah, your fourth absolutely. restaurant. Go to town." Absolutely, you celebrate. Yeah, you so- be Elaine. I saw the video, by the way. I didn't think it was that bad. It wasn't. It just made me... I mean, I'm not a good dancer, so I'm a terrible judge. But, I mean, certainly I'm... <laughs> Neither <laughs> I'm am I. I'm going to chastise and somebody else for however they dance. That's for sure. Kudos to both of you. Class houses. Oh, shoot! And that's been... What's going on, Mrs. Ryan? Oh, boy. Oh, gosh. There we go. Oh, <laughs> no, Sorry about that. All the buttons got Welcome jumbled up back. over here. It's great. I feel like I can see everything better. Though. I feel like having it that out, like, that, it doesn't matter. That's for me. Uh, Mrs. Ryan, I think uh, we've dilly-dallied enough here. We've chitter-chattered enough. I certainly have. Let's take a break. Let's get Kevin Lynch in here. Let's find out all about him and tell everybody else as well. Uh, the Wolf Pack, I want to talk a lot about that. I want to talk about Heidi. I want to talk about, I want to talk about everything, all right? Yeah. All right. And then awesome. I want you to ask some questions, too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> More to come right after this. Kevin Lynch in that chair. See you in a few. And everybody ready? Ready. Well, with that, we are back sitting here with Mr. Kevin Lynch. Hello, Kevin Lynch. Hello, hello. It is so cool, or super cool, as I constantly <laughs> say, to be here with you guys. Thanks for having me on. Well, this has been a long time coming. We've been trying to do this for, trying to put this together anyway for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Maybe, I want to say like over a year. I give Mrs. Ryan, she gets the persistence award, right? (laughs) She's like, you will be here on Thursday. Yes, I will. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then you you ended up being the only show this week. So thanks for that. I'm opening a new segment for you, I think. Oh, I wanted to talk. We're going to get that right out of the bed. All right, you, well, you, you know, launch it. Go ahead. You've got, you know, amazing Porsche community folks, you know, builders, craftsmen, the Rod Emery's of the world, the John Bettons of the world. You've got all these, like, my favorite segments are the comedians. Oh, I, I am so big on that. I'm the new segment. I'm the dude segment. The dude. Just the dude. I'm just a regular dude. That guy. Mm-hmm. This is that guy. I always wanted to do a segment with that guy, with just, like, character actors from movies. <laughs> you're that guy. I'm, I love. He's movies, the guy. For, he, but you're the character actor from all of the car shows. We see you at all the events. You're always having a fancy, nice car. Always having a fancy, nice conversation. <laughs> just, just, just part of the community. A little bit of the fabric, right? Totally part of the fabric. I really don't know where to start with you because while I'm very fond of you, I don't really know that much about you. And we've had conversations, and we've certainly shared correspondence over <clears throat> the last couple of years. Yeah. Did we just meet over Instagram? Is that how it started? I think it did, actually. I okay. was just doing my normal Enigma thing and, you know, not uh, <laughs> not showing it all. No, I mean, I think we did. I think I sent you guys a note and said, I love what you're doing. This is amazing. Because I look at the car community that we all enjoy, and it is really a community. I mean, it's and, – and I didn't see it until I was in it. And then you look around, you're like, okay, this is something special. It's not – just a friend that you see every coffee and cars it's not just someone you see at luft it's not just the cars in fact i think the cars are ancillary they're they're completely context right um 
I love that context. It, it's but the but the community that seems to sort of rise out of the den a little bit that you find yourself part of. It's a really powerful thing, right? And so what I saw you guys doing when you first started was, wow, this is actually putting that community online, right? It's it's making it real for all of us. It's visible. It's powerful. So I've been a huge fan. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. It warms my heart. I mean, you you know what? I think I feel like you aligned with what our mission statement was from the beginning of, you know, just pushing authenticity and bringing people together and the fact that we're not hiding that we want to be the the old-fashioned Tonight Show hang for all of our car people and, and the comedians and whatever. Yeah. Providing something that just isn't really out there it's right not. now. It's not. Not these right? days. It's yeah. not. And I love the bare knuckles conversation, right? Like, there's a lot of curated content in the world today. In fact, we're swimming in it. Um, and some of it's really good. I, don't get me wrong. There's times when you're on a 14-hour flight and a little curated content is just what <laughs> oh, you yeah. need to yep. make the miles pass. Um, but... There's times when you just want that authentic conversation about what's going on in the world, right? And it's yeah. maybe the maybe I'm getting older, maybe I'm getting more reflective on what life looks like, but this matters. This is cool. The I, goods and the bads of the world. I just mm-hmm. find that on television anyway these days, you don't there's nowhere to find the old-fashioned back and forth. Right. And maybe that's what you're talking about about curated content and and just overproduced content. Right. And the same story. My middle son, great kid, um we were at dinner last night, and somehow a movie came up. It, and it always – it's got about a 90% probability of some movie dialogue at a family dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and we were having sushi, and it was great 80s music, 90s music in this place. And my wife goes, yeah, it's always 80s and 90s music. Where have you been? You've been asleep at the wheel. We've been here you know, 14 times. Um, it's not a theme place or anything that no, just happens to just be – just they like 80s sure. and 90s music. Sure. And so we got on the topic of Breakfast Club because I happened to watch it on the flight home from Munich. And my wife's like, how was it? I'm like, it was just as good this time as it was the first time, right? Isn't that funny? It's just I didn't good. like that movie as a kid, and as an adult, I'm quite fond of it I think because it I get some, it now. I didn't I get, get it, it when I was a kid. There's things I didn't get, right? Yeah. Um, and then that spurned on a conversation. Did it come before or after uh, about last night? Oh, Oh. A little new, just just slightly. I'm going to have to say before, yeah, just Is slightly it before? before, one year before. Uh, That's I, tough, though. I guessed wrong on that, um, and then that spurred on a whole conversation of: Are they all the same movie with just variations of the same actors? All the John Hughes, exactly. Well, I mean, they are kind of right. They're all uh, coming of age, coming over some sort of hump. Somewhere. But they make you feel good, right? They make you feel. What's good. your favorite John Hughes movie? Boy, that's a tough one. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if I can answer it myself. Everyone throws the Breakfast Club out, right? I mean. Yeah, and that's while I like it now as an adult, it's not what I would have said. I've got a couple others. Right. I mean, I truthfully, they're all how you saw them in that point in time in your life. And about last night, even though it wasn't, you know, the the hookup scene wasn't my thing per se, that at that time in life for me, I was living here in SoCal, not totally sold on SoCal, grew up here, was thinking, gee, I have to go somewhere else. I have to do something else. Mm. That appealed to me, the sort of go somewhere, be something, do something different. So uh-huh. I'd actually put that up high on the list. Wow. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Mm-hmm. I don't even know that I've seen that one all the way through. <laughs> the subject matter was a little, well, like you said, it was it's only a, little, a year later. So yeah. it was it was a little ahead of, uh, you know, where I was supposed to be at that time. Good for Rob Lowe. Good Jim Belushi content in there. I mean, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. I He's love a, Jim Belushi. He plays his, his best friend. And they're sort of... You know, protagonist, antagonist uh, types of, of roles. It's cool. 
That's funny. I'll have to watch it. I don't think I ever saw it. I have to put uh, um, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles up there for mm. me, yeah. just because. Just because. Just because. I mean, it checks so many boxes, and then they're all eclipsed by the fact that it's John Candy in one of his oh, best roles for me. Unbelievable. So, I mean, it's one of the, it's, it's kind of, it's almost, un, it has an unfair advantage. <laughs> well, in the finish for that movie, it's like great, it's like a great glass of wine, you know, an aged Bordeaux. The finish for that movie makes it all to me. I, I'm with you 100%, and I get it more, the older yeah. I get, the more I get it. Yeah. Especially, I mean, yeah, maybe being older, being married now, having a wife you care about, all of that right. stuff, yeah. yeah. But for me, it's uh, Neil Page's, uh, a Steel, Stephen, uh, Steve Martin's character's, I don't know if I'd call it a catharsis, but epiphany for sure right. during that movie. Right. Um, because with the last time we watched it, which is sort of a Thanksgiving movie, I'm pretty sure, so I, I think, think that's right. sort of like our Groundhog Day. We watch that one every year, too, mentioning A Wonderful Life earlier. Um, that one, to me, uh, when we watched it this year, I felt like it was I always thought it was John Candy's movie and it really it for me it was it was the epiphany that Steve Martin had that he never would have thought about that he never would have gotten out of his own yeah. mind and thought about someone else and gone back for me that's the moment and then for the rest of the 5 6 7 minutes of the film I'm just <laughs> I just I love the story right because to me it's this we all get in our grooves whatever our Caught grooves up. are yep and we, we optimize our grooves, right? Like it's the human condition. We doesn't matter whether you live in a cave or you live in a mansion or anything in between. We try and make it as good as possible. Some people call it nesting if you're a woman. Some, Whatever you call it, right? 100%. We all try and make it better. And to me, Steve Martin is the great characterization of executive doing his thing. And he's optimized his life. And then life isn't, life isn't linear, right? So it throws him a curveball. And then he finds a different part of himself at the end. That's a cool story, right? Yeah. It's a very good cool Good reminder story. that we should all stop every once in a while and even self-disrupt to find that other side of ourselves. So maybe the genius in these films is that he, almost like an old-fashioned cartoon, like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, mm-hmm. where like the kids are laughing because the bug Bundy's getting blown up and is thrown around and everything, but the adults are laughing at what the, the, the material is saying. So agree, yeah. It's sort of the same kind of a film. I, I think that's... You know, I always get asked, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite music? What's your favorite song? I don't know, right? I mean, because it's all where I am at that For point this in time moment, sure. and that depends. moment, right? It just depends, right? So I always feel like, does that make me agnostic or does it make me eclectic? I guess I'm going to go for the latter. Um, well, you just got back from a big trip. I'm switching gears switching a little bit. Gears. You just got back from a big trip because I want to talk about you. Because you're right. I could talk about life forever, and I'm hoping that we'll do that next time. But I want to tell sure. people more about you for right now. Absolutely. Just got back from a big trip. Not work-related? Work-related. Not work-related. As I was saying to Nicole, like, I have spent the last two years in this global capacity that I had working for our firm. firm will go unnamed. Uh, common <laughs> asterisk disclosure. This is personal, <laughs> not a firm statement. Uh, but 700,000 miles over the last two years. So all over this big blue orb, doing lots of different things, uh, clients and parts of our network helping out. Really, really cool job, very physically draining. I mean, that's an awful lot of time on the road. And the index that became measurable for us a lot was, did you fly longer there and back than you were on the ground? Mm -hmm. That was one. And then when you looked at the balance of the week that you were gone, if you were gone six nights, how many of them did you sleep on a plane versus in a mm. hotel bed? And there were a lot of those, right? So it was very physically taxing. So I've had a few friends say, 
why on God's green earth did you go on a long trip for your vacation? Why didn't you just oh, have that's the consummate staycation? staycation yeah. Right? yeah, hang out by the Water pool. Order food, <laughs> stay by the pool. Um, it's a, that's a fair question. It's What's a the answer? It's a very fair question. So two things. We, we strung together two little things that were going on in our life and made a trip around it. So my wife's best friend, and she did, I, was, I was jokingly calling my wife, who is my total soulmate, uh, I was calling her Frau Porsche when we were in in Germany. She did not like that. So, honey, I officially apologize for calling you Frau Porsche. You are now Fraulein Porsche. Even though that violates the German construct of language, it's a much it more is. attractive thing. Yeah. So um, her best friend in the world that grew up together was having her birthday. She also married, second marriage, she married a great guy who grew up in Balzano, Italy. So they were going to have the event in Balzano. So we wanted to go for that. And then my son, my oldest son, is working in Tel Aviv for the summer. He's a junior going into a senior year of college and got an internship in Tel Aviv. How is it there right now, politically, climate it's, speaking? It's actually, they're nervous about everything that's going on in the Gulf. Yeah. And the proximity. That's kind of what I mean. Just, you get it, right? I yeah. mean, you stand up on the mountain. It's um, like stress radiation, I call it. You know what I mean? It just kind of emanates from wherever there. the source is. Yeah. It's there. I mean, they're an incredible uh, nation and incredible people that they'd get on with their daily lives no matter what. I wonder sometimes what we would be like if our neighbors were as close and if they were as um, disposed. But, you know, overlooking Jerusalem is a mountain called Mount Olive. It has religious uh, significance. But that notwithstanding, you stand up there and you look down on the West Bank. You look down on the walls, you look out, and you're like, those mountains right out there, that they could be the Hollywood Hills. Mm. That's Jordan. It's super close. Wow. Like, wow. You don't appreciate it until you're there, boots on the ground. And I, they, I think they get a little nervous about what's going on, but life is still moving. And Tel Aviv is a hopping city. Wow. I mean, it's got a, a nightlife. It's got a food scene. That's what we were saying. It's, it's cool. It sounds awesome. Has a little bit of a Paris, late seventies Paris thing going for me. Hmm. Um, What's well, a nice era? I don't, that's a nice. Uh, yeah, and I don't know how I get there, but that's where I get to. So, is there a there's a romance to it somehow? I think so, and you know, and certain parts of the town are new, certain parts are old, certain parts are cleaner, certain parts are dirtier. It's got a little bit of that going. Uh, the financial district literally looks like a street in Paris to me. It has a little bit of a bend to it. You know, uh, uh, trees up the center. I, I could pick a street in Paris and, and say, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. But him being there gave us a second, second reason. So, you know, half the trip was in uh, Germany slash northern Italy. And then half the trip was in Israel, Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. It was fantastic. And how long were you going? About 10 days. All right. About 10 days all in. And we had a blast. I mean, uh, one, it was great to see family. Another, to be see friends. Um a little bit of selfish behavior on my part. I rented, <laughs> I rented a Macan for the trip. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Keep it in the family. So um, drove it in sport mode the entire 2,000 kilometers. Uh, didn't care that it chewed up more gas. It really didn't matter to me. Um, but we drove from Munich down through Bavaria, which is just stunning, stunning land, uh, up through the Alps and then down through the Dolomites, um, and then used it to go all over northern Italy, down to Verona, um, and then eventually back up through Austria, Innsbruck, and, and then into Munich to drop it back off. 
Wow, that's so wonderful. I've never uh, driven a car overseas. Does the, uh, you know, here, if you drive your car down into a different country, all of a sudden your nav disc doesn't work or whatever. Is that an issue there? I would think it wouldn't be because crossing borders is so customary. It's so natural because everything's so compact. You are the perfect straight man for what I'm about to say. Okay. Uh, So there were two things about the nav. We were doing the phone nav and the car nav. Oh, yeah. They didn't always agree, which was interesting, but... I guess I was specifically asking about the car nav, but the so phone the car, nav is the car thing. nav did two things that were fascinating. One was we went to drive into the Dolomites and down, and there's a little five clicks down into the navigation system that you have to go and say toll roads on or toll roads off. And especially in Austria, you have to buy a coupon to drive on the roads if you don't have a normal license and permit for Austria. Makes perfect sense. So we bought the coupon and we're like, okay, we're compliant. But we didn't click the little thing in the in the nav. So it won't take you on the Autobahn. It'll take you on side roads. Oh, because you didn't unlock the streets oh. you could yeah, sure. And it took us over the Penne Pass, which is like one of the most stunning, twisty, like amazing roads in the Dolomites. And we over that thing, I think we climbed I don't know 3,000 meters, 2,500 meters up through all these great twisty roads, very quiet. The top of it, there was a little refugio. People were sitting out on the deck drinking beer or whatever. Wow. And then we went back down the other side. It was stunning. My daughter was in the so back. So this ended up working out. It was a total blessing. Wow. Right? I mean, just stopped at the top and just took it all in. So that was amazing, like a fortuitous error, right? Wow. Um, and the Dolomites, of course, don't drive. Oh, my God. It's, I'm, it's, just, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's a terrible it, joke. It is Men, a bad Mennonites, joke. Mennonites. The Mennonites don't try to put the Dolomites. <laughs> I want to go back and just go there. Yeah. I mean, the hiking, we did some hiking, and hiking was off the hook. Just off the hook. Yeah. And you, well, the scenery, I can't even the imagine. The scenery is just the amazing. Topography. We were there. There was a Porsche drive that went through, and I'm like, okay, how did they oh, get on just that? Just jump on. I want to be in that. <laughs> but uh, they have these little refugios, which back in the 40s when they were built were little camps to go mm. to the bathroom and get some water now they're not much fancier but you can get a killer like five-star meal at each of these so no kidding you hike you know for a half a day and have a great meal and hike back and incredible so that was really fun the what a surprise did you know that going in that to me would be a surprise the friend's husband from there was sort of a really good on the ground guide gotcha um and not you don't have to spend a lot it was like local fare table wine but it was really cool it was yeah really, it sounds really like a cool. wonderful experience the not so that's good, the type of traveling we used to do in hawaii or anywhere what, else yeah. we would just kind of hang out with the locals or local. our friends from there because what that i mean they're going to tell you to go to the most expensive tourist trap in the joint and say, i want to go where you go where do you go where do you tell eat? me where you eat sushi Absolutely. that's where i want to go you go there go local the knots are fortuitous nav thing is we were in Balzano and I went to take wait I missed uh, the joke there there was supposed to be a joke that you were going to keep a straight fit that I was going to be the straight man for <laughs> well that that was the straight like you set this up perfectly the other was <laughs> I went to drive out one day and I've got the car loaded with people and we're headed to Verona to see Romeo and Juliet's whole sort of setup the tower and the whole thing yeah and uh I'm like well I think I can go out here the nav says I can go out this way and take a right I end up on a pedestrian-only cobblestone street (laughs) with about four inches on either side, eventually asking my wife, could you pull that mirror in so we can get down this lady with a stroller with a baby? Shakespeare actually walked here. It was – that was a little bit, uh, you know, not so good, right? But 
You roll with it. Eh. But as far as crossing the border points and entries and all of that stuff, it's all just kind of, it continues working, right? Very seamless. It was yeah, great. Okay. It was it's fantastic. It's kind of a Europe disc. It's and not just a... No no advertisement for the company, but if anyone wants to ping me, they were amazing. Your rental company? Rental company. They, they literally met us at the curb in the Munich airport, handed us the keys, put the bags in the back, and then met us at the curb coming back. Wow. Took the bags out. So it was like seamless. That's first class for a rental car. Good service. Best price I could find, too. So it was one of those places where you weren't paying the premium. Car was in impeccable shape. It was a 2019. Drove unbelievably. I'm like, okay. That's the new, the brand new one. The brand new one. And I love my vintage cars, but I'm like, okay, this thing was off the hook. And we did the Gardena Pass and the Sella Pass. So we continued to do all these passes up in the Dolomites. It was. It was so cool. That's amazing. All right. Well, you're back now. Uh, cars. Should we get into cars a little bit? Let's talk cars. What yeah. cars do you have currently? Because you post a lot of pictures on Instagram. We'll start with that. The cars currently. So uh, I drove Moby today. All okay. my cars have a name. They okay. have to have a name. I don't know where that comes from, but I have to have, they have to have personality. Since you were a kid, has it always been that way? It has. My first car was a 1968 Volkswagen Bug. Great. Great car. Great. Love that car. You've been in the family from the oh, first car. Oh, I've been pulled from the first car. And it was a hand-me-down. My dad bought that from a friend at work that had purchased it, driven it for a handful of months, and then said, I'm done. And that was his thing. Um, we had several family cars that were like six months Came used, in that way, sure. And it was driven, you know, throughout the family. I'm the baby of the, of the family. 150,000 miles, leaked a quart a week. Well used, paint looked like dust, and it was Delta Green. And somewhere Ooh. along the way, 60s era, Vietnam's going on, it got the name Puff the Magic Dragon. Oh. So that car was <laughs> Puff or Puffy as it eventually became, right? <laughs> that's probably where this whole darn thing started. <laughs> well, that's coming around again. Yeah. <laughs> so that's probably where the naming thing um, kicked off. But uh, – I drove Moby today. Always good to have air conditioning. So it's a long haul. It's good to have air conditioning. I love that car. What That's is my, Moby for anyone who doesn't Mar- know? Moby is my uh, 93 RS America, uh, number 179 of 701 produced. Great car. And I feel very privileged to have that car. It, Moby, it's in white? White, Grand Prix white, um, sunroof delete, uh, limited slip. and it's the one you want. It's It's got all the. And I'm the third owner. The first no owner. Kidding. The first owner had it um, from birth, you know, picked it up at the dealership in San Mateo, drove it for the majority of his life. He unfortunately passed away. He put some 29,000 miles and change on it. Great. I mean, in how long? 20-something years. Oh, okay. That's not that much. Uh, Twice a week to and from the office, garage to garage. Next owner owned it for five or six years, whatever the total was, and put 500 miles on it. Whoa. Yeah. So Super you're the first low. one to drive it. I, and I am driving Jeez. it. To me, and he was a really great owner, a good Porsche file, wonderful guy, um, screamed at me. I was referred to him to buy the car. And then when I called him, he's like, I'm not selling this car. He's angry. He screamed at me. I'm like, why did I make that phone call? Ah. I went up as fast as I could. And then the phone rang five minutes later. He's like, I'm sorry about that. I was just having a moment. And uh, I said, well, why don't we do this? I'll drive down and we'll meet. And we don't have to do some transaction. Let's just get See how the energy other. is, yeah. Right. And it was good, right? And it was good. So that's how it came into my life. Well, this is a, probably a, a, you're the guy to ask this question. It's a special car. 
didn't get driven that much, which is not really that good for any of our no. Porsche cars, let alone no. the special ones. Um, what did you have to do when you got it? Did you get in and drive it and it was fine? Did you have to? Holy shit, really? I got in and drove it. Um, and I don't know if it was karma, kismet, whatever you want to call it. I pulled in the driveway and the, and the speedometer read 29,964 miles and it's a 964. So I'm like, okay, this, this, there's some magic going on here. You know I'm a numbers guy. <laughs> yeah, so. there's some magic going on here. <laughs> like, I took a picture of it. Like, I'm going to keep this car forever. So everyone, this one's not for sale. What color is that? It's Grand, Grand Prix white. Very simple. And I've kept it really stocked. To me, I want to, you know, appreciate the, as it came from the factory. I've done a couple of very small things. I took the original floor mats out and put some replicas in just so if I demo them, no big deal. Do they say RS on them or something? They do. Oh, so they that's, do. that makes sense. Um, I, but look at you. You drive it, yet you do maintain it to that level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. You do both. Mm-hmm. I did, in the first handful of months, do a few things. The It's a twin spark factory car that's a belt-driven second distributor. They had a, a service notice that- Factory belt, option? Fa- it was a factory, factory standard. Oh, um, I see. Okay. But it was belt-driven versus gear-driven. And the belt gets an ozone condition and breaks down. And if it snaps, very bad. Like that, that distributor will fire on a cylinder and basically arc weld the cylinder. So it's very bad. So oh. did that service replacement and then said, you know, the rubber on this car is 25, 27 years old. Let's change out all the suspension rubber. So did that. And then all the bushes, everything. All the bushings out. Just that makes that. a car feel brand new. Much better. Yeah. And then I were due for that on little increments, right? So then I took out the um, it's a dual muffler. I took out the first pipe and put in what's called a GT pipe just to give it a little more throat, lose a little du- weight too. Dutifully bubble wrap that and put it away. So oh it can boy, look be at factory, you, of course. Right? And then I dutifully have, bubble wrap, dutifully hermetically bubble sealed. <laughs> and then a friend of mine, uh, Mister Nine Nine Three, down in Houston, a good friend of mine, Rudy, uh, who you've probably seen it. Oh, I've looks. seen his videos. Yeah, he's got the really? collection of all of the crazy oh, colors and everything. Unbelievable Beautiful. collection. Nine Nine Three is centric. Um, he had a pair of eights and nines, uh, Cup One wheels in Porsche Hyper Black, and the factory was a sevens and eights. I'm like. I'll do that. So I took again, dutifully bubble wrapped those original wheels and put those on. But that is one of the reasons your car looks different. Yeah. And I absolutely yeah. love that. I didn't know you did that. Yeah. I gave it a little and lowered the right height just a little bit with some, you know, so just to give but, it a little more of the Euro. doesn't look low. It's more like the Euro look. Euro yeah. look, right. That was what I was shooting for. And I love driving this car. Do you remember the day a car went off? <laughs> we don't really talk about that anymore. Same car. Same car. Special oh, car. I know Very about that story, car. and I'm, yeah. thank goodness that driver was able yeah, to walk the, out. Like, the best part of that story is that nobody got hurt. That's all we care about. Unbelievable, but yep. beautiful car. Uh, so that's the newest car in the fleet. Um, the Bahammer, the 68 912 is, is, the, is the... So you say Bahammer. I've been saying Bahammer all the time because it's been in, in print, of And course. you know where that came from? That was Mr. John Benton. Uh, really? We were at his <laughs> shop one night later than both of us would probably like to admit publicly. We were having trouble tuning it. And, you know, everyone had left. And he's like, I'll get this right for you. you know, so we were drinking beer. and becomes a personal uh, mission at some point with him. Yeah. You're, you, he's going to succeed yep. or you're gonna, your fingers are going to be bloody trying to get there. Right. And somehow the word, this car is going to run like, a, like Thor's hammer. Mm. And Bahama Yellow got jumbled up. <laughs> now it makes and sense. And Bahama was born. It was that's where it started. So it got it got named. Um, but that's obviously my baby. I mean, I 
I took that from a very well-loved used car bought on the Central Coast of California. And the Behammer is a what year? 1968. 912. 912. Um, original, uh, numbers matching, but an enhanced Three-gauge, five-gauge? Five-gauge. Four-speed, five five-speed. Five-speed. Five-gauge, uh, five-speed. But twin spark. So we let John do his magic with the motor. And it's, it's like you're 135 horsepower versus the stock 92. And some, you know, I did some tasteful mods. I'm not exactly Those numbers factory. are so low that it doesn't sound like much. You almost have to get into percentages. You and do. when you say, oh, it's 55% more power or whatever, it's a big effing jump. When I've handed the keys <laughs> to people to drive that car. Because you're not expect you're expecting an old VW bug oh, kind of a. Right? It's a little four banger. And when I've had the keys and said, here, take it for a spin, people come back and like, okay. It's the sound too, though. It's a great it's the sound car. too. But it, you know, the the nine and eleven T of that same era, only had a hundred and ten. So it's, you got to put it all a little bit in perspective. Yeah. So I love that car. I mean, that's a little bit of my overbuilt car. Like it was my first restoration. I wanted to do this and that and learn. And so there's a lot of me in that car. I get periodically people saying, "Will you sell it?" And it's like, ah, that's that's a little bit of the soul. Yeah. How um, much am I worth? <laughs> <laughs> And then John and I are working on uh, the Das Wolf project. So you'll periodically see me reference that publicly. It's a 1956 356A beehive coupe, oh. sunroof coupe. And it, um, it, I bought it in um, the Netherlands. There's a long story there, but I was going to buy a car in Southern California. We were within a, literally a few thousand dollars of each other. We agreed that we would part ways, come back in the morning. The guy sold it. Ah. Oh. So, and you know, he's the seller. He has the right yeah, to do, do whatever he wants. Do whatever he wants yeah. um, so I was really, really, really bent out of shape. Fraulein Porsche, otherwise my <laughs> wife Katie, came home and said, what are you so bent out of shape about? And I go through this long diatribe about what happened. She's like, well, look, you're good at finding this. Just go find another one. Yeah, the, that's the answer. And I kind of looked like. That's where the Porsche wives come mm-hmm. in and save the damn day. Yeah, I'm like, where's the. Where's the pee pod that you came out of? Like invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah, no life, emotion right? whatsoever. <laughs> so I found this car and uh, brought it home. What a great reference! Nice. Yeah. So we're we're um, we're rebuilding that. It's a bit of an outlaw because it was never our numbers matching. It was a bit of a mutt. Really good body, but a mutt. So it'll have a 901, effectively a 901 underside. So it's got cool. 901 or early 911 suspension, brakes. Uh, all the gear tunnel, everything else has all been redone, and it'll run a two-seven four-cylinder motor in it. So, oh, a bit of a beast. So it's a nine hundred one, but a nine hundred one was a six-cylinder. But so, so other than chopping. the motor, the motor is a Dean Polo Polos oh, wow. or Polo motor. So, which I was originally going to put in the yellow car, and then. Back the yellow away. car. Oh, my, Bahama. Okay. My other, Bahama. the other yellow car. Bahama. Uh, the Bahama. No, I think of it Bahama, it, even though it is yellow. I, was, but it's, I think but of it's it as an orangey car. It's, a, it's, it's it is more orangey. You're right. I mean, that and signal yellow are so close. It's almost as if the Han, light could change that one. And Hans was sitting there, and they're like, "We'll put a little white in that one. We'll put a little brown in that one." And then they're like, "Oh, we have two color coats. How cool is that?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Hans. <laughs> for all the people in the world named Hans, by the way, sorry for using that name, but it just sort of works, right? <laughs> totally works. So those those are the three that are in play. I've had cool. others. Um, 
I had the Irish, which was the 66. Where is that vintage. now? Because the, the photos of that still pop up left and right. It's right in my neighborhood. So oh, okay. really good guy in my neighborhood bought it. And then a week later, took an assignment to go to Switzerland. Oh, my gosh. And so he bought it and parked it? He bought it and gave it to another neighbor to run with. So it, it does get out and drive. Oh, good. Um, incredible car. I love that car. That was a hard one to let go. But at three gauge, 66, early 66, and Stuttgart build, not um, not Carmen, uh, Carmen, right? So a bit of a unique car, and cool. it was a restoration in process that the owner basically gave up and said, "I'm, I'm out, I'm done." And I'm like, "Well, I'll buy it." I tried to get a friend to buy it that was looking for a car. He wouldn't. It's like, well, we got to bring another one back on the road. And I, I enjoyed it for a year. Originally, originally, <laughs> my plan was to give it to my wife to Fraulein. Really? Persia. That was my original plan. She was born in '66. She's got oh, beautiful wow, green perfect. eyes. I'm like. This is perfect, right? But 66. Yeah. But it's she, gone now. She looked at me. I know there's a story there, isn't there? She looked at me yes. and she goes, "It's I love it, but it's just too much for me to Oh, wow. to look after." Good for her. I kind of got the credits I, without, you know. Yeah, big <laughs> time. Uh and I appreciate her honesty of yeah. the whole It is. It's amazing. It's nice. I appreciate it. I'm not going to keep up with all that every day. This is your thing. Yeah, this yeah. is your thing. She loves being part of it. Uh, she actually runs the foundation that we started in Wolfpack. So look at she's, you. She's part. You, she's you, part. Every moment I've got, I'm like, okay, well, the next thing, as soon as he's done talking, and you're segueing already. This is chemistry. Mr. Natural mm-hmm. Speaker this over here. This is chemistry. Uh, Wolfpack 901. Uh, I was having a conversation this morning with Mr. Nicholas Hunziger, provides our wardrobe, of course. Incredible guy. Uh, and we were talking about artist. you and this because you were going to be on the show today and, and the Wolfpack and what exactly Wolfpack 901 is. And I, we've talked about it before. I sort of know, but I also bungle it when talking to other people. So you're here. You're in the chair. Why don't you tell everybody what is Wolfpack well, 901? Well, I definitely bungle it too. So let me just uh, – And Nick, Nicholas yeah. wants to know what your deal is. So that's, <laughs> so, that's why I'm specifically asking. So – the the mission of the of this foundation is to help young people that may or may not be college bound, but let's say more likely that they're going to go and do something in a trade tech way, a vocation, vocational, vocational yeah. orientation, and they've got to get a start. And you look around; it's a big cliff event because a lot they could go get they could go work for a new car dealership and become a tech. That's great, but if they want to get into this vintage world, you look at most of these shops; they're what six, seven, eight employees, that's hiring 15% of your workforce. These are big steps. Yeah. And most of them don't want to take the time to hire someone new and train them and develop them. They don't have the, they don't have the capital to do right. that. So Let alone our, the, just the time in general, the it's, effort, it's the resources. It's really hard, right? So our theory was if we could solve a couple of problems at the same time. One, help someone young to get over that gap by getting them some skills. Two, Help, as I call them, the masters, you know, these, these magicians that are keeping the fleet going, the Rod Emery's that are making them better, the John Bettons that are doing it their way, the John Wilhoites, et cetera, et cetera. Help them to pass on some of the literally hundreds of years of institutional knowledge that they have in their head. If we could marry those two problems and solve them, fantastic, right? And it all started by saying if we could do it for one person, it would have been worth it. So – the notion was... If and you could, meant it. I mean, that was, that was... I remember when we talked about this originally. Yeah, it's... You know, look, we all have to find ways... It's sort of back to the Steve Martin reference in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. We all have to find ways to help others. Because if we optimize for ourselves and not anyone else, 
I don't like the way the the movie ends. Right? It, it's it's not going to be a good day. You're going to get a very a polarized lady. society, right? Yep. And and it will end badly. Yep. Human nature doesn't deal with that all that well. That doesn't mean you have to give very away well everything. It, it just means you got to find a way to bridge the gap here. And so, and it and we all think about grandiose plans like can I change forty thousand people's lives? There's nothing wrong with that. But there's also nothing wrong with how about just change one, right? Because if we do that incrementally, we've made a big difference. And you do it again and again. So the idea was fund an apprentice that has a passion and no skills for five, six, seven, eight, nine months in a shop, not to do cheap labor, but to give the shop the incentive that they get someone that they're willing to invest in. It doesn't cost them a dime or paying for their salary. For the young person, they're getting paid, so it's not like it's a volunteer effort. They're in the workforce. And if it's a fit afterwards, like it's been, fantastic. We really succeeded. If it's not a fit, at least that young person has a resume and some skills, and off they can go, right? Yeah, and they have some real work experience behind them now that yeah. it's on paper. It's an incredible yeah. gift you're providing people It's just through that. We're just trying to get them up that first step, right? That first step's so hard sometimes. That's yeah. really what it was about for me. And it started on a Porsche weekend up on the Central Coast, driving our cars, having fun. And you stop. In this particular time, we stopped. It was night, fire pit, wine. Uh, Jeff Trask, who uh, passed away, was sitting with me. And it's like, we're all blessed. How do we give back? That was the conversation, right? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people that aren't in the community look at us and say, oh, you guys are all privileged. It, that's and that would be a fair view because everyone can have their perspective. I tend to look at it as these are a lot of people that put their heart and soul into something or many things, and it's a blessing. But it's like, given that, how do you give back? How do you make a difference back? And that's where it all started. Um, well, you took the time to ask the question, quite frankly. Not everybody does. Yeah. And for me, yeah. it's a, it's a you know. side passion. I have a very full-time day job. So I can't technically spend every hour on this. I'd love to. I know we probably can't say the names of the company, but can we say a general roundabout of what you do? You could just say large, if not largest, professional services firm on the globe. You could say that. Okay. But, okay. but I mean, as far as encapsulating what you do. So most of my career has been advising senior execs, CEOs, and, and their direct reports on the topic of growth. So how do you get a company to grow more? Mm-hmm. Uh, to be more prosperous. Sometimes that means how do you go find the money, which means doing the less than stellar things like trimming costs, et cetera. But oftentimes it's about growth. And in fact, in that I've really specialized in merger integration. So helping clients to think about an acquisition and then think about, okay, that's really cool. You were on CNBC, this big moment, you, you know, look at me and pound my chest. I bought <laughs> this asset or I've merged with someone now what are you going to do with it, right? I, I always tell people, like, what do you do for a living? I'm, I always say I'm a high-end plumber. I plumb together the companies. Because you're <laughs> rerouting and putting, yeah, that's very interesting. But it's a fascinating time because if you think about a company, and especially in today's context, I mean, some of the transactions I've worked on are tens of billions of dollars of, of shareholder money being put into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's both the most exciting and you know, opportunistic time for a company, and it's also the time when they're the most frail and or at risk. Yeah. So it's a really fascinating time, and careers are on the line. Some people are gonna go, some people are gonna stay. How you have people go matters to me at least, that you do yeah. it in a very civil and, a, and, and informed way. So it's been an amazing place to work. I mean, you're, you're at this, as I said earlier, it's if you make it personal, 
that this their mission is your mission. You've got to help them succeed and get over this chasm and bring these companies together so that they generate not only profits, but generate opportunity for other people. It's a really cool thing to do for a living. So I've been very blessed. And Sometimes, I mean, you're much like your careers. You're the person in the back, right? I, I'm not the yeah, guy that's going to be on the podium. You would never, yeah. No, if we do our job well, you don't know we exist. I'll never forget uh, one client, CEO of a big tech company that everyone would know him if I said the name. It was on CNBC, and he who is it? Out, Just kidding. Out through his out through his mouth come the words, and you're like, I wrote those. That was for, as a younger professional. You're like, wow, that's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, but I've had clients where. It's not just a it's not just a financial thing. This isn't sort of a greed and wealth thing. It's usually about making a difference. And I've had some life sciences clients, in particular biotech clients, where I'll never forget one of my favorite clients that we served, and it was very personal. And I've I've served this client several times in different capacities. We were bringing together two clinical diagnostic companies that do a lot of molecular research tools, and we found that together by putting the two companies together, they actually had an ability to diagnose for a female breast cancer earlier, but not just earlier, because earlier makes a difference. But when you when someone has breast cancer, it's not just speed, but they may or may not be genetically predisposed to the to oncological protocol. Different pathways. 13% of women are not predisposed to that. So if time is the real important element, and you're putting them down the standard track, you're wasting time, even though you've diagnosed early. And this test would allow them to understand, you take them down track A, B, C, and you're like, this is making a difference in life, right? The math of all that makes perfect sense, and I would understand why somebody would want to do that. But who, how do you get the information on both of those companies at that level to know that, okay, with these capabilities and these capabilities, if we merge them together, how do you get that information to, to be able to then make that assessment? Well, and that and I'm not the scientist, right? But it's, but it's a lot of Oh, I of see. Work. Somebody else. Yeah, you're, you're convening. So it, it, to go legal for a second, the, the antitrust laws in the U.S. in particular, but throughout the world, talk about what you can and can't do in mergers. And there's a period where you sign, like you agree. These are the rules that keep the S&E yeah. rolling, basically, it, it keeps, right? It's sort of fairness and objectivity. But there's a period between signing and closing when all the regulators do their evaluations. Is this going to create a monopoly? This, And in that period, we do a lot of work to plan. And there's things that you can and can't do in that period. You can plan organization. You can plan processes. You can plan logistics structure, are okay. all those things. And so we do a lot of that work. And so you're ready to go once they say when they close, green light, good you're, to go. you're in execution mode. And it, yeah. it's great for the shareholders. It's great for the organization. It's gotcha. Very so you're not the business. one ha saying, oh, this is the idea. We need to take X right. company and Z company. And, and there's but once someone makes that decision, they call the guy like you who goes, right. all right, I know how to do this. You know how to do it. I get called that's sometimes. The that's the plumber element. Gotcha. To kick the tires a little bit. Like they're thinking about an acquisition and go take a look with everything you know and see if it's going to make sense for us. Consultant basis type different, of thing. Different play. And then as far as the science, sometimes you can't talk about that in this period, but you can put it into what's called a clean room where sort of like the Roach Motel, things go in and they can't come back out until close. But you can go in and do that kind of science work in there. So That's it's so very interesting, interesting to me. 
And Very just the detailed. whole element of the whole, you know, it, it, insider trading and it's every, you know what I mean? Because it's all oh, yeah. information is money. It sounds like a higher level of what I used to do, business development and like creating a place where, okay, green light, you develop away. But if the green that doesn't happen, like no harm, no foul. That's right. That's exactly right. So then, you know, and then also the strategy of getting the plumbing right, though, also to get make sure that flow goes where you want it to go. And look, it's a it's a very difficult landscape. If you look at there's a variety of studies around the efficacy of this, even one by yours truly, more fail than succeed. So you could ask like, well, why do we need the plumber? Well, more fail than succeed. So you want to have someone that's navigated this before i think you get pattern recognition skills somewhere after your sixth transaction right and it's like you start to see more things are mergers coming. acquisitions and mergers fail yeah, than succeed is that what was that we're saying more of more more fail than succeed i understand but yeah. more acquisitions and mergers fail than succeed is that what we're Correct. saying okay Correct. got it and you know the whole merger thing is fascinating because people say is there really such a thing as a merger <laughs> I mean, I, merger would say sort of equals, right? And having my tooth out, I spend a lot of time in bed. I rewatched Mad Men quite a bit, so there there's a go. heck of a lot of that. They yeah. merge and sell the company a number of times, so I was watching it quite a bit. I agree with what you're saying now, mm-hmm. but only because it's so fresh in my mind. It's all monopoly money. We're just moving stuff around moving on paper. Around. And someone, there's going to be a CEO. There's going to be a CFO. Where'd they come from, right? Um, it's all templates. At some point, it's all templates, so you right. know how to read them. And That's right. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Somebody's got to pay for it. Take the money from here, put it over here, hire this guy. We got a business. And we got customers to serve at the end of the day. We've got, I mean, business has to keep going. So early on, it's all about stability. And then it's about, okay, now how do you unleash the power of this combination? Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. I love to use the word combination more than merger or acquisition because it really speaks to why are we coming together, right? At accommodation, state, is that what you said? Uh, combination. Accommodation, yeah, sure. So it's like we're trying to come together. So it's not ag- adversarial. Because early on, let me tell you, beyond, that, beyond all the science, there's personalities in this. Like, it's, <laughs> if someone could say, you like, what do you say. really do? I, I'm a marriage counselor, maybe, is the way I would put it, yeah. right? Yeah. you got big personalities that have been doing what they're doing and doing it really well for a long time. And Stuck in their way. That first day, they're looking across <laughs> the aisle. And you, even if you convene 50 of them in a room. They'll sit 25 and 25. I mean, and you really know you've succeeded when it's blended together. Speaking to you for only, you know, 45 to an hour, whatever it's been already, I feel like what we actually do for a living was not all that dissimilar. I always fancied myself, while well, it was a producer or whatever the title was, I'm a communicator. Yeah. The Eameses were communicators. They made furniture. They made a house. They made all sorts of cool things. But they were communicators. Right. They, they were able to change perspectives, move things around, understand things from different places. That seems to be what your specialty is. If you cut everything down to it, you're just a communicator who knows how to talk to really almost everybody. That's, I think that's my stock and trade when it's all said and done. Wow. Yeah. Well, that is true. valuable. And, you know, you know, there's, a, there's a term that's now being popularized a bit, convening, right, where I think we used to talk about facilitating. This notion of being able to convene groups – and do it in a way where you've got a mission and an expectation. and You bring the right people pulling, together. Yeah, that's everyone really pulling powerful. in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. So we were talking about earlier, like, sometimes it's hard to separate the personal life and the work life a little bit. Yeah. And for, for me, all of us. For all of us, right? And I try and make work personal because I think it's my, I think that's my superpower, right? It's like, yeah. if I make it personal, then I'm going to really commit myself to it. And if it's not, it's just a transaction. Well, it's not business at that point. It's like yeah. the whole, like, it's business, not personal. It's like I could never follow that. 
because it's all the same. Yeah, it's sort of someone's like getting treated. Right? Someone's mm-hmm. gonna deal personally with the ramifications of everything that you do. Right. So it's all personal, even if it's business oriented. Well, I've had CEOs that you know you're talking about headcount reduction and you're using thousands. Just like it's a loose term. You're talking about when the Bobs come in? Yeah, it's yeah. Bob and Bob. Exactly. Bob and Bob. God, that's a great reference, by the way. <laughs> it is. One of my for what favorite you, for, for the For that, the consultants. and Office space, for anyone who doesn't know it. <laughs> and I, I always have to be the one that says, but for every one of those people that are in play, it's 100%. Right? It's not a one of 5,000. It's 100%. So how you do it and how you help them separate what you do in terms of financial, all those things matter. Right, doing it right matters. Yeah, I appreciated you saying that before. I just You're go a good to man for thinking about stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and I left the firm I worked for for a few years and became a client. And lo and behold, my job was to double the company and do exactly what I did inside the firm. Um, and I remember a board member saying, you know, look, uh, if we're going to let this many people go, what's going to be the claim instance that, that we have to deal with? And we provisioned money for those claims. Right. And I think I got everyone in the executive team really mad but i'm like we're not going to have any claims we're going to do this in a way where we'll be claim free and a couple of board members said you're crazy i'm like no i'm just focused on if i don't get it there feel free to you know diminish my bonus or whatever if i don't have that target then we'll do we will for sure undershoot if we set that target we have a chance and we did it's powerful that's awesome you hit it Absolutely. 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 Bravo. Awesome. Bravo. <laughs> yeah. So work is good, you know, and it's um, when the kids were younger, uh, sometimes it felt like it took you away from family. And, uh, you know, to all three of my kids, I think they've been incredible in terms of growing through that. You know, times where they're like, Dad, you're not around enough. Get all that. They were right. Yeah. Um, now I think they've seen some things that, you know, those conference calls you're taking on the drive when you're going up to the Sierras and like, Dad, you're get off the phone. And you're like, now I'm hearing my eldest say, yeah, I've listened to all those conversations for X number of years, and I remembered all of them, and I'm using them all. I was right? going to say, what are they taking, <laughs> taking yeah. from it? Yeah. yeah. Bravo. Yeah. You must feel pretty good about yourself. I hope you do. You know, that is the consummate question, though. Like, did, are we doing it right? Have we done it right? How As do you I feel? get older? Yeah, how do you feel about that? I soul-searched that a lot. Um, and life hasn't been perfect. I mean, I, I have made more than my fair share. I would actually say, like, if the index was – Here's what good looks like. I've made 2x, if not 3x, the mistakes that people make in life. I always joke with the kids, like, how many times do you think I've been fired? And they're like, once? Yeah, ratchet that up. (laughs) (laughs) Is what it is. Yeah, a lot. That's what it is. Um, So I've pushed the edges a little bit, and I've made my mistakes. Um, But I think as I get older and I look at, you know, where I'm headed, and none of us get to pick the last day, but – you know, assuming that the last day was tomorrow, just for sake of discussion, I'd feel like I'd made my mistakes professionally and I'd feel like I did the things that probably mattered right. So uh, not perfect by any measure. I like just not wouldn't even think that that's what you want to get out of yeah. life. Yeah. But I, I think I've done more of the things that matter. Right. And more of the things that at the end of the day, we think matter when you're 20 and when you're 55, they don't matter. I've made my mistakes there. So maybe it all worked out. I don't know. 
I have to tell you, there was other things I wanted to talk about, but we've done the time. I would love to end it there if you agree to come back some other time because I'd love to just get into the generic conversation stuff with you. Hey, if we can do the dude that's playing a dude disguises another dude. It's your segment. It's your segment. I'm all in. I'm all in. I loved being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I had such a great time talking to you, but I mean, we said this all the time, but I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface. We're still getting to know each other. It's all good. I'm going to come to Breakfast Club one of these mornings where I don't have a global flight to be on. So glad. Yeah, scoot up and Lots of people are coming up from down your neck of the woods these days, Good. so you could probably have Good. a drive up with several people. Well, I just I'll tag along with Paul. I mean, so <laughs> that was the other thing we didn't see you this weekend. I thought for sure we'd see you at one of those events. Didn't get back to out Monday. of the country. That's it. Out of the country. Of the country. Yeah. Wow. Got That's back. Amazing. Got the cars out though, so it's yeah, back in the saddle again. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> Hilarious. All right, let's see. We should talk about social media. Kevin Lynch, I know that you are on Instagram. Where on earth would people find you? I am at Kevin.Lynch. <laughs> so simple. <laughs> simple. 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 <laughs> so creative. Uh, we'll put that up there. Where um, Where can people find you? Are you going to be at any events coming up? Or uh, yeah. I usually see you at Morning Shift. I love to go to Morning Shift. I think that's a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. I down do. at the PEC, yeah? At yeah, the PEC. Jennifer Nicole's event. Um, I love to. Yeah, I think that's a great event. Um, yeah. I, I do try and get to Enderly Coffee and Cars in oh, Tustin on Saturdays. And sometimes that and do a twofer. And go down to Crystal Cove, which is re-emerging. Oh, that's nice. Is uh, Enderly basically the closest thing to the original Cars and Coffee at this point? I, I used to go so. to the original one way back in the day, and and then I and then so. they moved it to Mazda, and then well, or maybe the it was Mazda one, first. Interesting, it was it was actually at Crystal Cove originally, oh. and then they got kicked out of there, and it went to Mazda. No, no, before. I knew that. That's right. That's right. Right. Yes. And then, but I think the Porsche Group sort of when it splintered, as many people would say, they said Enderley was their place. Okay. So there's a really good crew there. I so didn't realize the Porsche Group splintered. They, well, no, no, the car group splintered. <laughs> oh, I the see. Porsche faction went. Oh, um, I see. So there, and then uh, this Sunday is the 356 concourse that used to be the Dana Point concourse. I'll get this. Oh. Right. But now it is down the St. Regis or whatever. It Not was, there, but the other one. It was, it was the, the Marriott right there. Yeah. And, and, and now it is, um, it's in San Clemente. So that's Sunday, I believe, 9 to 2. Um, and I will be there. That's, that's going to be a good. The 356 group is gracious enough to say, you know, all 356s and then all the rest of you Porsche folks can show up to you. So I'm going to God, I love that. I'll probably take the car down for that. And um, people want to check us out. Our website is in dire need of some, some work, which – For the Wolfpack? For Wolfpack. I probably underserved this with the day job taking more time, but uh, it's wolfpack901.com. It's very simple. Easy. So you can get to us there. My email's on there if you want to reach out to me. And uh, uh, contributions are obviously welcome. Volunteerism is also welcome. Hardest thing is finding the young people. It's not getting the money. It's finding the young people to help. So if there are anyone in the community that knows of a young person that this is a is fit, looking to, yeah. reach out, please. Awesome. That's where I'd love some help. Awesome. Yeah. You're great, Thank man. you, guys. Thank you very Thank much. You. Uh, Mrs. Ryan, what do we have? When? Oh, this weekend, I guess. Breakfast Let's see. Tomorrow. tomorrow. I know. The week is over already. Holy yeah. smokes. It's Thursday. <laughs> Oh, we were supposed to do a TBT. There was no time. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, tomorrow is Breakfast Club, as Mrs. Ryan pointed out. We'll be up there at 9 a.m. up at Newcomb's Ranch. Uh, the roads 
closed still. It's going to be closed through, the estimate is through October now. Um, so I wouldn't count on the Crest being open all the way till at least the new year, I think. Um, but Newcomb's is open. Alternate routes are open as well. And uh, Saturday, Mrs. Ryan, we've got the Cars Coffee Chocolate Culver City. There it is. There's a new thing. This nice. is our friend Girk nice. too. Uh, just nice. <laughs> Over at Miller. A friend of ours who's uh, been a Porsche On Sunday. fan for – oh, shoot. Is that Sunday? Yes. All right. Thank you for saying that. So it's Sunday, not Saturday. It's <laughs> 721. 8 to 10 a.m. We will be there as well. Mila Chocolates in Culver City. Should be a Love fun those one. Guys. Yeah, and we, and we know a lot of friends who are coming to that one as well. Yeah. Should be good. Uh, that's it. Mrs. Ryan, I love you so very much. It's nice to look over at you that way. I can even smile differently. I see it on you. You look good. (laughs) Kevin Lynch, we love you so very much. so great to be here. So good to have you. Hope you enjoyed your experience. It was awesome. We love everybody at home. Please love one another. We'll see you all next week.